0: I'm Pastor Chris, for those who might be new to New Life or watching online for the very first time. And we are here for a new series, as you can tell, Christmas at the Movies. And over the Christmas season, up through Christmas Eve, we're going to be each week looking at Christmas through the lens of a favorite Christmas movie. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that we had a really long series called Q&A, Question and Answer. And as I sat down to write this message... I couldn't get out of the Q&A mode. I, I, the title of the message is The Best Christmas Gifts Ever, but I wanted to make it into a question. What are the best Christmas gifts ever? And when I ask that question, your mind probably starts drifting to those questions that, or those presents that you want to see under the tree on Christmas Day or maybe the Christmas gift that you bought for that special someone or if you're like me are going to buy for that special someone before December 25th gets here. But the movie we're going to look at this evening Uh, right now, is the best-selling Christmas movie of all time, according to Reader's Digest, which tells you what my reading stuff is. Anyway, it's the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch. And in that movie, Cindy Lou, who asked a question, far bigger than one of the best Christmas gifts ever, she asked this question, what is Christmas all about? Hmm. Cindy Lou hoped that Christmas was about more than presents, and deep down, don't we... Don't we hope it's about more than presents? Because even the best presents, they wear out, they break, they get lost or stolen. If it's technology, it's out of date before you get it out of the box. Whatever we're going to get on Christmas Day, isn't there something better than that? Now, this is where you expect me to say, Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift ever. And I'm not going to argue with that, but I like to go a little different direction. As we go to our take-home point, which is the one point that we'll be making from the scriptures that we're going to read right now... um, I'm going to ask you to think about Christmas in a way that you've never thought about it. In fact, I pray that this message is going to be one that changes the way we think about Christmas for many Christmases to come. In fact, I think it's a clue to having Christmas mean more than it's ever meant before. (laughs) Couldn't resist the rhyme there. You know, it's the Grinch and all. Anyway, here's the take-home point. The best Christmas gifts come from Jesus. The best Christmas gifts come from Jesus. Before we look into that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus, for the gift of his life, which is not just the gift of life, but the gift of eternal life because of his life, death, and resurrection. We thank you right now as we consider what it means to receive his gifts that you desire what is better for us than we can even imagine. And so we thank you in advance for his gifts, and we pray that we will receive them and live them out now and really forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the first gift that Jesus gives us, and maybe you've never thought about Jesus giving us gifts before. Obviously, at Christmas time, we think about Jesus being the gift, but Jesus does give us gifts. And are there gifts he hasn't given us yet? Well, let's look at three gifts that change everything. The first gift, Jesus gives us the gift of the world. Jesus gives us the gift of the world. I guess we should put that one in the past tense because Jesus already gave us the gift of the world, right? He gave us the whole universe. If you've read the Bible, you know that in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, there is... A story, an account of the creation of the universe. Actually, there are two. The first one is in Genesis 1 and it's sort of what we might call the the big picture overview, the the view from the jet liner. You know when you look out of a jet plane window, you see the ground and you can see rivers and lakes and towns, but you can't tell which river, which lake, which town, And then chapter 2, it's up close and personal, sort of like the bus tour. If you go to Genesis chapter 2, it tells you all the details. You know, whenever you go on a bus tour, you get out and you see the biggest ball of twine in the world and all the different stuff that's in that location. Well, that's what it's like. But you might not know, there is a third creation account in the Bible. It's not in Genesis. It's not in the Old Testament. In fact, it's when one of the four Gospels, one of the accounts of Jesus birth, life, death, and resurrection, it's actually a, resurrect, or I'd say a creation account where Jesus is at the center. It's in John chapter 1. In John's gospel, John doesn't tell us about Jesus being born and lain in a manger. He doesn't tell us about the wise men. In fact, John doesn't tell us anything at all about Jesus' birth or early life. He starts with these words, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And if you're thinking, well, where's Jesus? Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word who was in the beginning with God. Jesus is the word who is God. Jesus is the one through whom all things were created. So that is the reality. Jesus is the one. And, and how do I know? How do you know? How, how can you know that I'm telling you the truth? Well, all we have to do is fast forward to John chapter 1, verse 14, and we read this. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we know that Jesus is the Word, and we know that he created everything. We know that he's God. But let's get back to my main point Jesus gave us the gift of the world. Genesis tells us that God created. John tells us Jesus is God. And, you know, we had a whole message called Who is Jesus back during our Q&A series, so I'm not going to go into how we know that Jesus is God, but I want to underline this. Jesus gave us already the gift of the world, the gift of the entire universe. Eons ago, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit created this world. And gave it to us to enjoy and actually to co-rule. Now, how incredible is that as a gift? Whatever you're going to get under the tree on Christmas morning, it pales in comparison to a entire universe, right? But here's the thing. So Jesus gives us the gift of the world. That's the first gift. But here's the thing. You might have noticed the world's defective. Like it's broken. There, There are problems in the world. Now, it's not Jesus' fault. Jesus created a perfect world, a perfect universe, but the first two people decided they didn't want to enjoy the world. They didn't want to co-rule with God. What they wanted to do, they wanted to be in charge. Now, they had some help. They were deceived by the serpent, but they are the ones who broke relationship with God, and that set into motion this sequence, devastating sequence of events that goes right up to this very day, and it doesn't just impact us, it impacts the entire world. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church these words about how our sin, the sin of human beings, impacts the world. Here's what he said. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, that's against creation's will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. So we see that our sin didn't just impact human beings, but it impacts the entire universe, the entire creation. Now, we all know that, but here's the thing. It's actually the second gift that Jesus gives us. Jesus gives us the gift of new life. Jesus gives us the gift of new life. I love how the movie The Grinch shows when the Grinch gets a new life. Let's watch. Now, I realize Jesus is not mentioned during this transformation. In fact, Jesus isn't mentioned anywhere in the movie The Grinch. But we have an account in John chapter 3 of what took place there. It says there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee after dark one evening he came to speak with jesus rabbi he said we all know that god has sent you to teach us your miraculous signs are evidence that god is with you jesus gets right to the point he says i tell you the truth unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of god what do you mean exclaimed nicodemus how can a man old man go back in his mother's womb and be born again Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You know, people in America are intrigued with spirituality, but they're very suspicious Of Christianity. People will watch the Grinch and they'll be all choked up about the transformation that takes place, but they don't want to have Jesus come into their heart to give them that kind of transformation. But here's the thing: Jesus made it very clear. Each of us must be born again if we want to experience eternal life. We must be born again if we want to experience eternal life. But you know. One of the reasons the world is suspicious is because born-again Christians haven't really done much more than be born again. When Jesus told us to be born again, he didn't tell us just to be born again and then stay there until he dies or comes back. He told us to grow up. Here at New Life, we have a lot of babies, and there are a lot more on the way. Heck, one was just born yesterday. You know, we have tons of babies and little children here at New Life. I love that about this church. But the thing is, when babies are born they're not very talented, are they? they? They can cry, they can eat, and they can make waste. Uh, they can smile after a while, you know, they sleep a little bit and they coo. But the thing is, babies don't stay babies, do they? They learn how to think, they learn how to talk, they learn how to walk, they learn how to do hundreds of other activities. They don't stay the way they were when they were born. In fact, if they do, it's, it's a concern to us, isn't it? The reality of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ is Jesus didn't tell Nicodemus that he should be born again and then stay born again as a baby until Jesus comes back or until he dies. We're supposed to grow up. Here's Jesus' real point. Until we're born again, we never experience the gift of transformation that his new life offers us. What I love about the Grinch is he has this warm feeling, but he doesn't sit there with a warm feeling for the rest of the year or for 20 years. He gets up and goes save Cindy Lou Who and all Christmas and brings everybody back for Christmas dinner. He grows up in his faith very quickly. You know, there's nothing that's probably more frustrating than having a baby who acts like a baby when they get to be a toddler and an elementary student, right? Right? Well, actually, there is one thing more frustrating, at least I think it's more frustrating. It's when a spiritual baby never grows up, never starts to look like Jesus, but continues to be stilted in that baby syndrome for the rest of their lives. And you know what happens? People in the world look at that person and say, well, if that's what Jesus can do, then why would I want that? And the reality is that isn't what Jesus can do. Jesus can do a lot more. And that's what we are looking for. So Jesus gives us this gift of new life, and we all need to experience that gift. Now, probably my favorite scene in the entire movie is the one we're about to see next. You know why that's my favorite scene? Because it shows us what can happen And it gives us a glimpse of Jesus' third gift to us. Jesus' third gift is the gift of new life in a new world. I don't think there was a Who down in Whoville the day before who would have ever expected that they were going to have Christmas dinner at the Who's house. Just wasn't going to happen. But what does the Who give, or what does the Grinch give the Who's? He gives them the gift of love and humility and hospitality. And what do the Who's give to the Grinch? Love, forgiveness, and a place in the family. Because after all, the Grinch was a who? too, right. So every year, or I should say every time that I do a funeral, I read a particular scripture. It's an amazing scripture from the book of Revelation. We find it in chapter 21 and it says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or crying or sorrow or pain. I know it says that. All these things are gone forever and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So the movie ends, and we don't know what happens next. We don't know if the Grinch continued to be a happy, humble person who served everybody. We don't know if the Grinch invited everybody in Whoville for Christmas dinner next year. We don't know if he invited them over for New Year's Eve. We don't know if the Grinch marries Martha May Huvier. We don't know if they all lived happily ever after, do we? But we do know this, in this life here and now, we don't live happily ever after. We live in a fallen, broken world. And We're all going to die if Jesus doesn't come back first. And we've all experienced sorrow, crying, and pain. We've all experienced those things. But what we know is what we saw in that cave when the Grinch was having dinner with all the people from Whoville is a glimpse, (laughs) a foreshadowing of a future that not one of the people in Whoville could have even imagined the day before. And what we see every time we exercise the principles of the kingdom of God in our lives is our glimpses, foreshadowings, for example, What happens when we exercise generosity in our life? We see little glimpses of the kingdom of heaven. What happens when we're at home and the family's having a struggle and we offer the peace of God in the midst of that tense situation Or maybe all we do is don't act like a jerk in line when we're buying our Christmas gifts this year like everybody else. Those things foreshadow that moment when the new heaven and the new earth is going to come. One day, This is the fact. One day, we will experience one day that lasts forever. One day, we will experience one day that lasts forever. That's what Jesus promised. That's his third gift. So we have three gifts. The first gift, we get by virtue of being born. Jesus gave us the gift of the world. We're born into this world, and whether we acknowledge it or not, Jesus gave us that gift. And then the next gift Jesus gives is received the same way the Grinch received it. How do you get the second gift, the gift of new life? Well, you repent. What that simply means is change of mind, change of direction, change of heart. I mean, it's a little violent in the case of the Grinch. Whenever I trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, like, I didn't get knocked against a rock. I didn't get knocked down. None of that stuff happened. But it is a drastic change. And it happens to every single person who puts Jesus as Savior and Lord in their lives, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. And then the third thing, that new life in a new world, we get glimpses just here and there every single day, really if we're paying attention, and we can be the glimpses every single day if we simply live in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit every single day. So that's why I say that Jesus gives the best Christmas gifts ever. And that's why our next step today is simply this. I will live and I will receive and live one of Jesus' Christmas gifts every day. I will receive and live one of Jesus' Christmas gifts every day. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to live Jesus' gift of the world? I'm going to suggest something simple. The next time those white flakes fall from the sky. Appreciate the beauty of the white flakes falling from the sky instead of complaining about the cold and the dreariness. Or when it's the liquid clear stuff that falls from the sky and you want the white stuff, (laughs) appreciate the liquid clear stuff because it's what we drink. Or maybe something complex. Maybe you sit down and you make a plan for 2023 and you say, here's how I'm going to use all the resources that God has entrusted to me in the year ahead and then you live out the plan. How do we live out the second gift, the gift of new life? Well, first thing, we have to make sure we have it, right? Because we can't live of something that we don't have. We're going to talk more about that, as I said, in a moment. But if we do have that gift, we can grow up a little bit. We can live in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, and we can actually become children and then teenagers and then adults, men and women of the living God, and we can reflect Jesus' light and salt out there in the world every single day, little ways, big ways. But what about the third one? How can we live new life in a new world? Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to acknowledge that this life isn't it. I can't tell you how many Christians these days are telling me, man, the world is terrible, the world is terrible, the world is terrible. No kidding. The world's been terrible ever since Adam and Eve rejected the plan. Maybe it's worse. I don't know if it's really worse now than it ever was. But here's the thing. When we recognize this life isn't it, there's another life coming, we can start to maybe ease our grasp a little bit on the things that are coming. I mean, Christmas is fun. I like Christmas. I like getting Christmas presents. But if I'm thinking about the new life in a new world, if I don't get what I want on Christmas, so what? (laughs) I'm getting a new life in a new world someday. So, we can start to think in that new and different way every single day. And we can start to live in ways that show the people around us that Jesus is, the center, is at the center of our life right now. Because one day, you know what? Jesus is going to be at the center of life from now, from that, from that moment forward forever. So Jesus gives us the best Christmas gifts ever. You know why? Because we can live them every single day of the year. We don't have to just use them on Christmas and by New Year's, they're broken. We can use every single one of those gifts, the gift of the world, the gift of new life, and the gift of new life in a new world every single day. They truly are the gifts that keep on giving today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen?